Thank you for joining us at Conversations to Inspire. I am your host, Teresa Moore. There are many facets of our mind-body-spirit connection. In this episode, we explore the many benefits of floating. Our guest is Elizabeth Heitzman. Elizabeth is the float doctor. She is the owner and founder of Float Doctor in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Elizabeth is a licensed psychotherapist, a certified integrative mental health practitioner, and she also holds a certification in complementary alternative medicine. What is floating? Elizabeth teaches us about the many benefits of floating in a warm, dark, and silent tank of Epsom salts. Epsom salts are also known as magnesium sulfate. Magnesium is required in 340 enzyme reactions in our bodies, and 60% of the population is estimated to have a magnesium deficiency. In the float lab, the brain is able to relax due to the lack of sensory stimulation and enter the theta wave state, which can help to heal trauma, PTSD, and many other emotional and mental health issues. Inflammation can be released and our bodies can heal. Elizabeth's patients can float independently or in conjunction with her therapy sessions. In her practice, Elizabeth offers therapy sessions and counseling, floating, infrared sauna, and massage as tools to heal. Elizabeth teaches us about the origin and history of float chambers. You can learn more at floatdoctor.net or floatdoctor on Instagram and Facebook. Elizabeth believes that everyone is here to do something amazing, and she is helping her clients and patients do just that. This is part one in a series with Elizabeth Heitzman. Thank you for joining us at Conversations to Inspire. I am with Elizabeth Heitzman. She is the float doctor. She is a licensed psychotherapist, a certified integrative mental health practitioner, and founder and owner of Float Doctor. Thank you so much for joining us, Elizabeth. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here, and I'm so impressed with all of the stuff that you've done. It's just so great to be here, and I'm really excited to tell people what I do and get them excited, no matter how low and like disappointing their future looks. There is so much hope out there, and they just need a little help to find it. That is a fantastic message. Thank you so much. I look forward to diving into that and sharing that with everyone. This is going to be awesome. Can you tell us a little bit more about what Float Doctor does and what your business does? And just teach us about that. And then we'll dive into um, so much of your background and how you got where you are. Okay, sure. Well, it's ever evolving, honestly. Can you explain the science behind the float? Because you're talking about different types of tanks and the Epsom salts, and it's almost like sensory deprivation because it's warm, it's silent, it's mm-hmm. dark. Mm-hmm. First, give me the the conditions. What is it like to float? And I am sad to say that I have not floated with you yet, but I'm going to after this. Oh, you're gonna. You're I am gonna. gonna. I wish I did, though, <laughs> so I could have a more of a perspective, but we're going to have to learn from you. Okay, so... Our bodies have so many processes running all the time. But even when you're sleeping, it says, hey, Teresa, your leg's falling asleep. You better roll over. There's a process in our brains that is running and taking up some of our brain power to just monitor that things aren't getting pinched and that your pressure is good going everywhere. When you're floating, we have 1,200 pounds of Epsom salts. Wait. 1,200 pounds of Epsom salts in each float tank. Yeah, yeah, and 250 gallons of water. That's a lot of salt in a little bit of water. 
It's better than the Dead Sea. We're just slightly more dense. I think their point, when I read something, it was like 0.23 density, and we run about 0.27, 0.28. once it gets to 0.3, I got a solid cube of salt. <laughs> so I'm just right on the cusp of it just before it turns to a hard cube. I don't want people to think they're soaking in salt water, like it's going to be salty. These are Epsom salts. This is magnesium sulfate. Yes. And it's not table salt. It doesn't have the same properties. So teach us all about this. This is just fascinating. Okay. So let's start from the top here. <laughs> magnesium is needed for 340 enzyme reactions in our body. Anything from digesting food to being able to see for your muscles to be able to fire smoothly all kinds of things, certainly anxiety and mood regulation. I mean, so many things. So physical, mental, mood, everything, sleep, everything mm -hmm. that you can think of is probably regulated mm -hmm. by something that needs magnesium in the cycle. Correct. And last I checked, I think it was 60% of the population has a magnesium deficiency. I just read that stat yesterday okay. on a medical email. Yes. So when you float, that mechanism that says, hey, roll over. You don't have any pressure points when you're floating on basically water. And it looks like water, it's clear like water. You just get in it like you're gonna step in a bathtub, but you just totally float up to the top, just up you go. I've tried to like kind of push my butt down <laughs> on the bottom and it's just like, whoop, nope. You just, there's a lot of resistance there. So here you are floating. Um, the best way is when it's dark. You know, I have some people who are like a little uncertain about it. We got glow sticks. That's kind of like training wheels. You can use glow sticks and we want people to experience it and get the results that it creates in a person. We'll give you a glow stick if you're a little uncertain about it. But if you're not afraid of the dark, skip the lights. Absolutely skip the lights because we want you to just take off. Just go. Don't use the training wheels. Just go. And you get in. So the temperature is 94.5 degrees. That's what we have our set at. I think that's, they recommended 93. And I just felt that was just a little chilly just for myself. But I think 94.5 is probably better in the bell curve as far as people feeling comfortable. And is it 94.5 right around the exact temperature of our skin? Not our Correct. core temperature, yes, which is 98.6, like but Correct. our skin temperatures. Yeah. Yeah. So I find that 94.5 because we also have a whole HIPAA air ventilation system. So air is moving so you can have clean, fresh air. And that might mean it needs to be just slightly warmer, in my opinion. And the air is warm also. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yes. And the magnesium sulfate is dissolved in the air. When you come in, we have you read this things you should know about floating. And it does explain. So like people who have chronic sinus problems or allergies and stuff, you know, I always warn them like you're going to be laying there and you're just going to be breathing that air. And don't be surprised if you got to stop, just blow a whole bunch of crap out of yourself because <laughs> you're just going to end up like choking on your own, you know, your secretions. Mucus. Yes, exactly. Because your tissues start shrinking because that's what magnesium sulfate does. It removes inflammation. So here you are breathing it and your air passages are swollen and inflamed and here you are breathing it and your your tissues just start shrinking and what's left is you know all this fluid that your tissues were expanded with. We have everything anybody needs to float. But some of them that have that particular issue, they just grab the tissue box, put it right by the door and they'll lay there for about 20 minutes and then they're just cleaning it out. Then they just lay back down and then yeah, so it's all in the air. How does it get in the air? 
Is it just naturally because it's coming out of the water? Correct, correct. Okay. It is just dissolved in the air at, okay. at that temperature, that warm temperature. It's just, it's just in there. Back to some of the physiological stuff. You don't have any pressure points. It is the same temperature as your skin. It's dark. Our visual cortex takes some major, major brain power. Even though you're across from me, your brain is still picking up periphery over there, right? And it's always just kind of monitoring. And you probably heard like, you know, that little blue light on your VCR, you know, could be disrupting your sleep, you know, all those things because your brain's aware of it. So being absolutely in the dark, that part can just shut off. It's like, I don't have to monitor. And it's crazy. You can put your hand right in front of your face and you cannot see it. And you'll lay there. And I can remember like some of my beginning floats. Do I float with my eyes open or do I float with them closed? Personally, I find with my eyes closed, I think my dreams are a little sharper, but I still have visions with my eyes open. But I think they're just a little more sharper from all the hours I've put in with my eyes closed. So that's what I do. Your brain stem isn't heating up your body because you're in just the absolute perfect temperature for your skin. So that shuts down. So all these things that are on all the time. Off. Absolutely silent. So there's no auditory input. Correct. Silent, dark, warm, comfortable, no pressure points. So you're completely, your body has no reason to react to anything. So now it's all ready for the mind to either go quiet and let you really deep dive or just to go crazy because uh, it, because uh, it's like, oh my God, I lost my sensory. I have uh, to be alert. Assuming that you can just go into the deeper meditation or the deeper, what would you call it? How do you describe it? It's, um, you want to get to theta. You want to get to a theta frequency. Did you see that CBS clip where he was only breathing like twice Two a or minute? Two times a minute. Yeah. yeah. And his blood pressure dropped 20 points. And, and his pulse. That's right. Yes. That's right. Yeah. And that's all statistically proven over and over and over again. I don't care who you are. If we put a whole bunch of equipment on you and put you in a flow tank, if you can just disengage, that's what will happen to you. So when your body can have no reason to be aware, be awake, be alert, it can completely be calm and comfortable. Mm-hmm. Go into the theta wave stage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then are you finally allowed to have your your body silence? So then your mind can go into the deeper brain waves? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's correct. That's correct. Some people might just totally conk out and sleep. And I can hear them snoring sometimes. <laughs> so I think they're, they're sleeping, which is totally fine. Come here and sleep. I'm not going to stop you from that. You know, so like I said, if, if the glow lights are your training wheels... I like to do wheelies and I like kind of skirt right on the edge of my dream subconscious state and still being lucid and aware so I can kind of direct things. Let's let's talk about this couple who I've been seeing for 10 years off and on. What the heck is really going on here, you know? And and theoretically, your subconscious remembers everything, every single thing. Uh, You know, I've trained myself to be able to just kind of like, it's almost like this kind of sensation of my thoughts just kind of spanned out like you would like span out a deck of cards and then like little pieces. Oh, remember this session in 2022? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, remember remember what happened in 2015? Here, look at that one. Oh yeah, that's right. That's something happened to their sister and all these things. And it starts putting things together. And it's almost like finding pieces of a puzzle. And yeah, yeah. And them putting it together. And there, you can't do that in a conscious state. 
You just can't. You can like multifacetedly look at all these things. And my brain can just zoom right into like what the wife looked like when she was talking about this situation that upset her, you know, and like even her body language, like I'll just zoom right into it and then I'll zoom right out. I I don't know how to explain it. I've really been able to navigate my subconsciousness pretty awesomely. Do you do or do you even recommend anything to your clients to say, okay, when you're in the float tank and you're dark and it's silent and you're in this beautiful, warm flotation environment, environment, thank you. Do you encourage them to do anything with their mind, like like, relax or go through these steps or is it just be and just let it be naturally? That's a good question. What I find when I'm working with clients who've done quite a few floats and have like worked through some of their trauma, they find the way they navigate their subconscious is different than mine. And everybody kind of has their own control levers, if you will, on how they can pull themselves out of something that they're not ready to see. Maybe it's some horrible Baghdad insurgents that they just can't look at right now, but maybe the subconscious goes, here, you want to look at that? And learning tools to like pop out of it so they aren't stuck in it. And everybody does a little different thing. You know, I've had somebody just push their foot down. For me, I pump my fists. (laughs) I don't know why. And sometimes I splash myself if I really need to get out of something. People have these little nuances on how they disengage from something. I let them teach me what that is in when we're working together. First, it's just a matter of teaching them to let go so they can get to that theta relaxation state and their body can heal and their inflammation can be released. We just kind of walk the journey together as now that you know how this all kind of manifests in you, what do you want to see next? What do you want to work on? What do you want to float on? What should we float on? What do you want next? And they usually have ideas because they start getting inspired, which is always exciting because oftentimes they're just like a shaking leaf or they're just this this hopeless Eeyore coming in here thinking that there's nothing good to look forward to. You know, so I'll have one or the other. Once I start seeing that spark of inspiration in them, they start thinking, what, you know, maybe there is a way out of this problem for me. And I, I had this idea that this happened or they start having interesting dreams. And then we talk about things that are happening in their dreams and start translating that. And oh my gosh, It's awesome. I really love what I do. So I'm interested and curious how this all works because you sound like there's almost like two different paths. People that come in here who just want to float, sensory deprivation, they want to go into their own theta wave state and Mm -hmm. have their own experience. Mm -hmm. And then there's also people that maybe you're working with prior to or even alongside that it's a counseling session more so that you are incorporating the floating as a tool. So are there two different facets to the, the float doctor? Oh, gosh, there's so many facets. Yeah, you know, life is rough. It can throw so much crap at you. Everybody needs a place that they can just have a soft place to fall. Everybody needs that. Everybody does. I don't care what kind of warrior you are out there. You still need to catch your breath. And, you know, I'll I'll often say even a Maserati needs an oil change once in a while. (laughs) You know, you can't just white knuckle yourself all the way through life. No. And, And actually, that is like not any way I would recommend living life. I have somebody who comes and double books the massage chair for two sessions and they just cry. They don't talk to nobody. They just go in there, get massaged. And I, I can remember the first time the person came, my my son was working, you know, he still saw that. Ha- you know, I want my clients to use this the way it works for them wherever they are in their journey. That's Say that it. again. That's beautiful. 
I want my clients to use our facility wherever they are in their journey to get what they need to get. That's it. So if I wanted to, I could come in here and float, mm-hmm. walk in, walk out, maybe have a good cry session, mm-hmm. walk out and never even engage you in my trauma. Correct, correct. Or I can set aside a special time with you and you and I can talk and have an, a therapy session uh-huh. and then I would go to float. Sure, sure. Well, so maybe somebody wants to do, uh, well, okay, before I get into that, I'll just say, I have somebody who comes, we have like this chromotherapy in our sauna, and they will listen to these binaural kind of waves. Binaural beats. Yes. Yes, yes. we were just discussing that on the last podcast. There's this like whole range from like one megahertz all the way to like 800 megahertz, and you got all these different chakras that you can connect to and the colors that are connected to it. And I have somebody who just uses the sauna and goes through the, you know, like, I'm really working on my 28 megahertz. <laughs> and, you know, like, so, okay, great. I'm awesome. I, I'm proud of you. I have really no idea what exactly is going on there, but they're happy when they leave. So I don't care, you know, well, see you next time, you know, and that's it. Sometimes people use earth facility and I have absolutely no idea what they're doing. <laughs> and that's fine. Um, so yeah, if somebody wants to have a consultation with me, um, so you still do offer therapy sessions. I do. That is still an integral part of your business. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I stay pretty busy with that. Um, you might have to wait two weeks to actually get in and talk to me. There's uh, quite an elaborate uh, intake process. We're going to like get all of your symptoms. Like, what do you really want for yourself? What's going on? What do you want? What do you wish you had that you didn't get? I get all of your medical background, everything, everything. You know, I it's pretty involved. But so we can really heal people. We also do labs. So, you know, let's say when I see you get the intake information and I'm like, oh man, I really want to know what their neurotransmitter levels are, you know, or, oh, you know, this thing looks like hormones. I want to get a full hormone panel. So we will get a whole bunch of labs. So the, a blood draw and actually do some tests of sure. different levels. Yeah, it could be a blood draw. Maybe uh, we got to do a urine test because that's we're maybe checking cortisol levels. It all depends what I'm looking at when I see their, you know, the different symptoms that they're having, how long they've been having it, if there was like an event that took place prior to it. You know, most of the time, because I'm more focused on the mental health piece and the, when I can fix the mental health piece, oftentimes some of the physical issues improve immensely all by themselves. My focus is the mental health. A lot of times it's some metabolite issue um, or something that, you know, there's some biochemical issue that they're maybe eating something regularly that maybe probably doesn't agree with them. You know, that whole brain gut connection. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and I'm seeing like, oh, you know, they have like explosive diarrhea eight times a day. Well, uh, how about we start there? Let's get you some probiotics and like get a whole diet, uh, you know, your intake here and let's start there. And then all these other things often fall into place. That kind of stuff we do. You know, and you can test for deficiencies. Oh, absolutely. Hormone Vitamin levels. D. Yeah. Like I said, I can, I can actually look at your neurotransmitters. 
you know, so many people get antidepressants just thrown at them, kind of a little under the weather. You just can't, you can't get that drive and motivation. Here's an antidepressant for you. It's not always, is it that serotonin is low? A lot of times it's dopamine, which is that reward chemical, which can still make you not motivated. But here, what do you do if somebody's actually got low dopamine and they're given antidepressants, which help to improve, you know, increase your levels of serotonin? That can have some pretty damaging effects. It can whack somebody's brain out, quite frankly. I want to know what's going on. And then what I do is help your body get stimulated to make it itself, as opposed to being on a prescription for the rest of your life. Good. Much more natural approach. And there again, I think it probably circles back to your complementary alternative medicine. Absolutely. Certification. Absolutely. Good That's what we do. So we get thorough. We do a deep dive. And you know, a lot of times I get people better in about six months, just night and day. They're like, oh my gosh, you know, I'd probably be dead if I didn't come here. And people say that a lot. They do. And and they mean it. And it is true. Oh, yes. Immensely. Yeah. You know what? Because you believed in yourself. I didn't do anything. I just gave you some tools and you actually used them. Good for you. Good for you. And yeah, off they go, living their great life. And it makes me happy. And it's been great. It's wonderful. I really love it. I love it that you can help so many people. Me too. I too. And and we're going to just keep helping them. It's needed. And that's what I love about this message is that you, you can get your message out there and you can teach people about what you can do and how you can help them. And you know some of the things that you can deal with that, that you can let them say, hey, there's a, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. This is something that you can use a, a tool in your toolkit to help you feel better. And this is uh-huh. just one more step in the process to, to help you live your best life. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and just to get that little... That little, little spark inside to just air it a little bit, just give it a little fluff mm-hmm. and um, help them connect to it. So they start getting that drive and start getting excited about what could be in their life. That's sometimes all people need and yeah. they're off and running. I don't have to do too much after that. Yeah, no, that's very true. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about your background and how you got where you are? I started off doing counseling and mental health. And back in 1995, I ran a group home for chronically mentally ill people. Most of them were on over 20 medications. They were just walking zombies, had hardly any quality of life, just were stuck in this facility with the schedule and couldn't really do too much, were afraid of things, you know, had breakdowns and suicidal ideations and all kinds of terrible things would happen to them. And, you know, I learned so much about mental health and mental illness, especially. I just knew that that wasn't it. Worked in the end of life and really got to um, appreciate like, this is a good life. What is a good death? Just seeing dynamics with families and what's just so precious about so so many things in life. That is so true. And you said that you worked with end of life. What exactly did you do? I was a hospice counselor. So I would be there, you know, when they first come, find out some of the dynamics, help them like sort out unresolved things perhaps that's in the family. And then I would be there often during the active death process and help support the families. And then I was also there after the death took place to support people who were bereaved and needed a little extra, you know, some tools to help them pick up the pieces and get started with their life again. 
You had mentioned something that you were a grief counselor mm-hmm. for some time. Was that part of what this position was that you were just explaining to us? Yeah, yeah. So I, I did grief counseling with hospice, and that was uh, that was for about five years um, during uh, like 2008 to 2013, just before I started my practice, because my kids were finally old enough to like really jump into making a business for myself. From 2001 until 2013, that's when I was doing um, uh, funeral contracting. And so I help people plan their funerals. And a lot of times they were people who found out horrible news, no matter how old they were. That's the last thing anybody wants to do. But I really loved it. I really loved helping people. And I'd just be saying like, I know you're overwhelmed and this is a whole lot. If you know nothing, I bet you, you know what you don't want. So let's start there. What don't you want? I don't want people gawking at me when I'm dead. Okay. See, we already made decisions. See, all you got to tell me is what you don't want. And then I can tell you what your options are out of that. And they always felt great afterwards. Like, whew, that wasn't so bad. I I really loved just making people feel better after they saw me. I can see in your personality (laughs) that it's just something that it comes very natural to you. Yeah, I don't know why, but this is what they gave me. So (laughs) that's such an important part of life too, is when you're passing and you have loved ones and you want to, you know, be able to make the smooth transition and you want to make that kind of do right by everybody that you're leaving behind perhaps and maybe wrap things up neatly or is it more an emotional thing yeah oh oh, it's both it's really both and it depends who it is certainly being around there there were people who died and they didn't have anything planned and you can see just the nightmare of things that would happen with families just having conflicts and what somebody would have wanted or just like maybe something that made them feel good to do even though like somebody else is like they would never want they wouldn't want that absolutely not <laughs> you know and you know so so we see the squabbling and how long it would actually prolong making any decisions cuz you know nothing was written down so it was I, I knew I was doing a very important service and hopefully relieving some future, you know, problems for the families by getting that done for them. Yeah, definitely. I could see how that would be very impactful for the families. Yeah, I loved it. And not anybody can do it. I get it. But it, it really is something I just really enjoyed. And then your next job after that? Like I said, I so I did the end of life counseling through the uh, hospice place and then did the the funeral planning and... Uh, all at the same time while finishing my master's degree, had two two younger kids. So I did that, all of that. And then I knew, okay, 20, 2012, that's when I started building the practice. And then 2013, that's when I stopped the hospice and stopped the funeral contracting stuff. And because I started getting so many clients and just like, I can't juggle everything. And I still have kids at home. (laughs) I got to come home once in a while. And yeah. And it just took off from there. It was amazing. I loved it. I love being in charge of helping. Your whole spirit, your whole personality just embodies that your eagerness to help and to do right by people to make the world a better place. Yeah, I I try. I'm certainly not perfect, but boy, I feel good when I know I brighten someone's day during a difficult situation. I just like to be that person. I always have been. (laughs) (laughs) Then you started your own home. And after that, how did you segue into Float Doctor? Yeah. Okay. So 2013, things are getting busy, picking up more clients. Um, Then I had a call 
um, from somebody who was told to reach out to me from somebody who I was working with. And they worked for the Veterans Administration, or they were a veteran. And they had this weird insurance that I really wanted them to be a client because I knew I could help them, but that's all they had. So then I started barking up the tree and I got approved through the Department of Defense, which is a really, really rigorous process. I had to like give them fing- you know, fingerprints and they had to like deep, deep dive into my background and do a whole bunch of other stuff. And finally, I got approved. So um, I joined the Department of Defense, I think, officially in 2014. And then I got CAM certified, which is uh, complementary alternative medicine, because I wanted to get people off meds. If medications work so well, people wouldn't be dying every, what, 18 seconds. They used to say it was like 21, and, and it's getting worse. And, oh, we got a whole bunch of new pills for everybody, but people are still offing themselves in every direction, and mental health is horrible, horrible, horrible. Uh, there's not enough people out there, and it's a big burnout process for a lot of uh, providers. I wanted to really get into some of the other supportive things, some some new age approaches, helping people with like energy work and all of everything. Like I just ate that stuff up. I'm a big geek about that. I do that in my free time. <laughs> I can totally relate. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you saw my phone and all the like little notifications, like neuroscience has just figured out that this particular probiotic helps with this, you know, and I'm like, ooh, I can't wait to read that. <laughs> you know? So like- So a total science nerd, but actually- Actually, for everything that can apply to your business and, Absolutely. and your practice. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, you know, a long, long time ago, Sylvia Brown. Remember Sylvia Brown? I totally do. <laughs> she was great. I would have loved to have a smoke with her. But anyway, <laughs> you know, so so she, I remember her seeing, like, predicting the future. She would always have these prediction shows. And um, she talked about how, you know, mental health and mental illness, they're, they're going to figure it out. And it's like this magnet is going to be used on the head to help, like, control the way the brain signals help brains heal that actually is with us right now and that's coming with float doctor not quite here yet but it's coming so i got into the complementary alternative medicine certification which requires all this extra education which i was like bring it on bring it to me send it over um and that's when i've read about floating and um, so they had they had this study. There was like twelve veterans. They were all hospitalized in veteran hospitals all over the country. They had been there for numerous years. I think we had just gotten out of some war where they actually needed the beds. So they're like, hey, let's let's do something with these guys. Let's try this float thing and see if this works. And so they put them in this float program. They were in the program. I think it was like. 18 months. Now, all of these people were on absolutely serious, long, long lists of medications. Most of them had something called phantom limb syndrome. Do you know what that is? After an amputation, you can still, the brain still perceives the limb is there and you have sensory like itchiness or you have feeling through it, correct? Absolutely. You're so smart. <laughs> so yeah. So like this, they cannot think straight because the foot that doesn't exist is hurting so bad. In addition to being jumpy, the whole PTSD overwhelming them. They can't function. So they had all these people go into the float tanks. I, I can't recall exactly like how frequently they went and all this stuff, but 
basically all of those individuals after doing the talk therapy, walking them through some of their bad habits, the way they think, and then helping their brain and their body synchronize after the trauma. They were all actually discharged from the hospital. They didn't go back to the hospital. They ended up either going back to active duty or having like a real job as civilians and before that, they just had a horrible, horrible future sitting in a veterans hospital. And this was due to floating. All because of this magical thing of floating. That's incredible. Yeah. So okay. I read that. Oh, was I excited. <laughs> so I'm like, I got to find one of these. I, I got to try this. Just Epsom salts and water? No. Why? How? I just didn't even get it. So I like to do meditation. I do all kinds of different metaphysical things just for my own fun. My first float. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Well, first of all, I was just like too damn excited. <laughs> you probably could have calmed down. Yeah, so I really had to like implement my breathing exercises because it's like, come on, Liz, you know, uh, you're supposed to be relaxing here. <laughs> but yes. but I'm too excited. I'm too stoked. I can't <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I was like, I can't wait for everything to happen. So anyway, implement my breathing. I just went to another dimension. I saw like my bedroom from when I was a young child. I saw my like fish that I bought, you know, swimming around in the fish tank. This brush that my grandmother gave me, which I totally, totally forgot. But I'm like picking up my brush and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the brush that my grandma gave me. And like chips on my dresser. So you know, you were actually back in your bedroom in your mind. Yes. Oh, my oh gosh, absolutely. Absolutely. So that's where it started. And I was just totally immersed in my bedroom. And, and it, that was a special time because I there, I have four other siblings and I had a little moment. We had to rotate who got their own bedroom. <laughs> so I grew up with that same thing. We had six bedrooms upstairs. And as soon as one moved out, the next kid would move up and rank and get the next bedroom. Yes, I could yeah. totally relate to that. I don't know exactly uh, what merited me having my own bedroom for a little while, but there's this like short period of time where I had my fish tank and I had everything in its own little spot. And like I said, I just remember just looking at this brush. Didn't stop there. When I dream, I'm a very vivid dreamer. I have motion picture crazy stuff. All this all this stuff my unconsciousness throws at me. All these symbols and all these different things. And I've been documenting my dream since I was 16. My son does that as well. I think he's on year 10, approximately, of dream journaling. Good, so good. Fantastic. I mean, you really get to know yourself, and you really get to know some of these deep impulses that come from our genetic makeup. I really think you can kind of predict or at least get inklings that you should be a little careful during certain times because your your dreams can tell you those things. And you're more in tune to that. Absolutely. I anticipated seeing something. I did not realize all the stuff I was going to see. I can remember just kind of looking down the block and like three blocks down, like my brain just kind of zoomed in on this person's house who was a year older than me. His name's Norbert. We weren't even all that close, but I was just like, oh, look at Norbert's mom's flowers. They're so beautiful. Weirdly, he was my first float client at Float Doctor, and I had not talked to him since high school, so like 30 years. Something serendipitous just always seems to come around where I'm just like, yeah, somebody's paying attention. Somebody's just kind of giving me little nudges. That's actually very fascinating. Give me goosebumps. It's so yeah. psychically predictive. And he's not even from town. You know, he's in Florida and he happened to be coming up for a funeral. 
ironically. And so he was seeing some of my ads, like, we're going to be opening, we're going to be doing things. I don't even know if I had doors on the rooms yet, because that was the last thing we were waiting for, is the doors to come that were ordered. And so I think I just had a shower curtain with the cable. And I'm like, well, sure, yeah, come on over. I, I'm like, actually, I just, I, I, I don't know if I charged them or not, but I was just like, I'm just excited to have a customer. <laughs> this is fun. And someone from your past, or actually Somebody who, who I connected with floating too, which is, yeah, just like I said, how did these things come together? But things like that happen all the time in my life. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fun. So I went off on a real tangent there. So let's roll back. Um, so I learned about floating. I floated. I'm like, oh my gosh, I need a place to have as many of these as I can. And I'm going to just go crazy with it. My float experience was so profound. And I just knew this was kind of a piece that I could never do with my own clients. What do you mean this was a piece that you couldn't do with your own clients? Are you talking about your mental health clients that you were working with, that the floating was a piece that you knew you needed, but it didn't fit in those parameters? Yeah. Okay. If I'm going to try to treat somebody just with talk therapy who has phantom limb pain, typically it takes me two and a half years, two and a half years, I said, for them to go 30 days without symptoms just by me helping them train the way they think about their pain and their trauma, and it's so complicated, okay? Using those same tools and then telling them to float on it, telling them the process, I get 30 days in like four months. Instead of years. Two and a half years. I could get it in four months. That's incredible. And they'll go 30 days. Some of them even faster because something changes. Floating is like you just downloaded this huge update on your phone and your phone's got to restart. That's where your brain and your body synchronize so they're working properly. Now, it doesn't work on the first float for most people. Sometimes they got to get, you know, three or four in, depending on how amped up they are, depending on how inflamed they are, depending on how maybe uh, resistant they are because they're afraid of what their life looks like. People can sometimes use their conditions as an excuse to not do their best and not live their dreams. Oh, well, I'm depressed. I can't do that. And it becomes just kind of their reason. And then they don't do the amazing things that we're put here to do. That's a very profound statement because it has so much depth of the layers of the truth to that. Oh, yeah. And if you can remove all of those, not excuses, but um, maybe the physical pain or the emotional pain and take those away and offer them a free and clear slate to be able to do those things and to live their best life and to find their path or to find their mission in life and to go for it. <laughs> huge, huge difference. Absolutely. You know, it's either being afraid of what they maybe hope or dream to do, or maybe their environment you know, it's safer to not do stuff because maybe somebody in their life wouldn't let them do it. So then they cling to those problems. I see both of them. I don't quote Sigmund Freud much, but he does say, maybe you're not ill. Maybe you're just surrounded by assholes. <laughs> so that's one of my favorite ones. And the other one, the other one I quote, because this one's profound too. Most of our problems are the stories we tell ourselves. And those stories start to take on a life of their own and set up roots and grow freaking forests. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Or really treacherous jungles, right? Ooh. Yes. Uh, if you are not 
if you're not checking yourself. You know, trying to identify those obstacles, I'm getting better at it as my sixth year has kind of come on, what's limiting their psyche from really blossoming and confronting them with it. Sometimes, of course, I try to be as gentle as possible, but sometimes you just kind of go, stop, stop, just a minute here. Can I just give you like my perspective on this? This is what I see. Oh my gosh, I don't know. I don't think so. And then they'll come back for their next session there. You're absolutely right. I All I've been doing is just like chewing on that and chewing on, you are completely right. I really need to just get over, fill in the blank, whatever it is. And that's been holding them back and everything starts going. I'm smiling and laughing and nodding as you say this because I'm like, it's so true. It is true. Sometimes you just need another person's perspective, I'll say, to call you out on your own shit. Yeah, absolutely. I love what I do. It sometimes means I got to just kind of rattle a cage a little bit. But they say that our pain is not only a prison, but it's also a shelter at the same time. You got to be able to, you know, maybe it's not a four cornered wall. You know, maybe you're just got yourself in a corner and it's safe there because boy, the world's kind of scary. We got to just give them the confidence, remind them what their strengths are, tap into what when you were six. What did you want to do when you grow up? Oh, I wanted to be a fire person. All right. What was it about that? Get them to talk about when they were a kid and some of their magical thoughts and that they had and, and start tapping into that again. Because, yeah, the world can just really, really stomp on all that stuff. Or, you know, your hope just kind of isn't there anymore. And it's in there. It's just really buried down deep underneath a whole bunch of garbage that you just got to, like, throw all in a bag and take it off like a backpack and then just walk away. Just leave it there. Just leave it and start walking. I really believe everybody's here to do something amazing. I really do. I like that. I think some of your amazing is going to be what you're doing with the float doctor. (laughs) So here we go. I find this location after 70 properties. Well, this building, I mean, your site is absolutely beautiful. It's right on the riverfront. It's practically right on Lake Michigan. And it's really, really great balance being here. And the river has its own personality. And I love just kind of watching the ebb and flow. I just took a video of this otter family jumping around um, on the different like floating chunks of ice. It's so cute. Um, You know, so in my process, I'm looking to find a flow tank that actually could be approved for medical use. And then I just found this one company, Float Lab, and it was through doing patent searches, actually, that I ended up finding NSF certified. And I'm like, finally, here it is. So then I started reading all his stuff. And then uh, Crash and I became friends. Crash was the gentleman's name who invented and patented the float? Float lab. Float lab, he, okay. The float lab, the particular equipment. So I'll pause there, um, back up. Floating has been around since 1951. A gentleman named John Lilly worked for the National Institute of Mental Health. They designed the float chamber. At that point, they called it a desensitization chamber. What they were trying to do is isolate variables as they gave people psychotropic medications so they can see some of the different effects. At that point, they were full immersion. They didn't have nearly as much salt as our current type of model that we have. And they put on this big diver's helmet and they had to breathe through the diver's helmet and they were fully submerged vertically in this big tank. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to envision that. That is, that's an interesting yeah. concept to even go with. 
It, yeah, that's how they started, 1951. They're studying all this stuff. But then they realized, oh my gosh, this flow tank is a variable all by itself. So they kept changing it and adjusting it. And then they finally figured out, you know, you get the same experience without all of these other obstacles with like diving helmets and all this other stuff, just like putting a little bit more salt in it and then and just floating on the top and then making sure that the air temperature is the same as the scan temperature, you'd still totally disengage and you can't feel your body just like you would the other way. Hence, these flow tanks started getting popular. Um, and, and there was kind of a wave throughout the United States um, up until the 80s. Float Lab hasn't been around since 1999. That's when they were established. And he was OCD about germs. Wait, are you talking crash? So Yeah. So going back to crash and the equipment I have, I want it absolutely sanitary. I don't want anything, you know, making anybody sick. I'm just going to kill 99. I'm going to be like Lysol, 99.9%. Kill it all. And and so he was always really fixated on it. And, and he did it. He he made it happen. It, it kills everything in the air. It kills everything in the water. It, it's cleaner than the water that comes out of your tap. It is just after every Every single use, we don't add any other chemicals or other, you know, like bleaches or hydrogen peroxide or things that make the solution become something else besides just the salt, the Epsom salts in the water. And things that are harmful to soak in. Absolutely. Yeah, they are not present in your tanks. He's a man. I know he's listening and he's he's excited hearing me talk. Yeah, I'm sorry. You just <laughs> celebrated his life. We weekend. did. We did. Yeah. Um, he's a good guy. We got to carry the torch for him. You know, he had a vision for it. We're working on um, getting insurance to cover it. I'm at that phase here in Wisconsin, and, and we're going to get it going. And you're going to have float doctors all over the country pretty soon. And I'm going to do that for him. I love that. Carry on his legacy. Absolutely. I wasn't going to have anything that I wasn't going to be confident about. I needed to be absolutely sure that I was offering something that would be 100% safe for my clients. So we closed on the property in April 2017, but I went to visit him March 2017, and I really got to see his equipment. And and it was a different experience because I was floating here locally at some of the other places. And yeah, it just like felt a little slimier. It, it, there was just like a different feel. But, you know, in his tanks, I just seemed to be like floating so much better. You know, I kind of even felt like, think I need something to hold me up a little bit more. Like I felt like I was falling in. I just had an absolutely great float when I was there with him. We're going to get it all set up so the people in California pretty soon will be able to have their insurance cover their floats um, if they have certain conditions that we can cover. This is Conversations to Inspire with your host, Teresa Moore. Join us next week as we continue our conversation with Elizabeth Heitzman and discussing floating. Help promote this show by subscribing and following this podcast and leave a five-star review so we can continue to get incredible guests as we dive further into the mind-body-spirit connection.